This podcast is brought to you by Reynolds & Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Learn more about Reynolds' online retailing approach by visiting reyrey.com forward slash retail anywhere. That's R-U-I-R-U-I.com slash retail anywhere. Welcome to Daily Drive for Tuesday, August 16th, 2022. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. And I'm Kellen Walker. Today on the show, the race is on to help buyers with existing EV credits before they expire. VW and its union in Mexico are on a bumpy road to a new contract. And GM adds a new board member from the luxury fashion world. Plus, if you thought the threat of cyber attacks on cars and infrastructure has been letting up, think again. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Luxury EV startups Rivian and Lucid are rushing to help reservation holders qualify for the current $7,500 federal tax credit. The companies are telling buyers with pre-orders that once President Biden signs the Inflation Reduction Act, they could no longer qualify for the incentives. But if those new buyers sign a binding sales contract, they could lock in those credits. Biden is expected to sign the bill into law this week. It will replace the old tax credit system with a more restrictive incentive that includes price and income caps, as well as sourcing and assembly restrictions. Volkswagen is trying to reach a new contract with workers at its main Mexico factory. The plant's independent union of automotive workers reached a deal with VW for what would have been the biggest automaker raise in Mexico in recent years. But workers rejected the deal. Now. The union will hold another vote on a 9% pay increase. It initially sought a raise above 15%, citing inflation. Here's something to watch in the world of finance and insurance. Billionaire Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway has tripled its stake in auto lending giant Ally Financial. In the second quarter, Berkshire's stake in Ally grew from about 9 million shares to 30 million. Ally shares rose 6.5% to $38 in pre-market trading on Tuesday. Buffett's conglomerate, which also owns dozens of businesses, including insurance provider Geico, ended June with an equity portfolio totaling almost $330 billion. And GM has added a new name to its board. Joanne Cravoiserat is the CEO of Tapestry, a company that includes luxury fashion brands Coach, Kate Spade, and Stuart Weitzman. Cravoiserat is a member of the Business Roundtable. That's a group of chief executives that weigh in on policy issues affecting the economy. It's chaired by GM CEO Mary Barra. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, Rivian and Lucid are trying to help buyers sign contracts before the Inflation Reduction Act is signed. These are American-made vehicles. So why are they rushing? Well, it's a good question. You know, I think part of the issue is that the the wording of the bill is at times vague and conflicting (laughs) with itself. There are the rules that kick in with enactment that a vehicle must be made in North America. That sort of indicates that there is still a program available for North American built vehicles. But there are other lines within the bill that indicate that there would be no program available until the new one starts January 1st, 2023. Maybe Rivian and Lucid are trying to just help out their customers. Maybe they're trying to juice sales a little, but they don't want to take any chances and want to make sure they lock in the sales and the incentives. Well, coming up, more software means more opportunities for hackers to launch cyber attacks. 
We'll hear from a cybersecurity expert about what the problem looks like for autos and infrastructure. That's next on Daily Drive. Customer wants to sign documents remotely? No problem. Customer wants to provide documentation and their driver's license in person? No problem. Customer wants to have their vehicle delivered? No problem. There are a lot of steps to complete a car deal, but what happens when customers start online and end in store, or vice versa? You need a seamless, consistent process to start work and finalize every vehicle purchase, no matter where the customer is. Chris Walsh, president of Reynolds & Reynolds, explains how. Retail Anywhere is, is powered by the retail management system. So the retail management system is the engine that, you know, that kind of makes this all work. And it's based on the premise that customers can be anywhere, right? They can be in-store, they can be at home, they can be a hybrid of both. It doesn't really matter, but it's a single process of interacting with that customer. And that's you know really important to be consistent in that way. And it's only achievable through a single system like the retail management system. Regardless of where the customer is buying from and how, Retail Anywhere focuses on streamlining dealership operations and improving profitability. For more information about this holistic approach to digital retailing, visit rayray.com forward slash retail anywhere. That's reyrey.com slash retail anywhere. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. News stories about hackers breaking into vehicles and messing with their systems have gotten a lot of attention in the past. In 2015, a video showed researchers remotely hacking into a Jeep while a volunteer was driving it on the highway. They took over the vehicle's audio system, climate controls, even turned off its engine. Since then, we haven't heard as many stories about these cyber threats, but the problem isn't going away. It's actually getting worse, according to cybersecurity expert Yoav Levy, co-founder and CEO of Upstream Security. He spoke with our own Pete Bigelow on the latest edition of Shift, a podcast about mobility. Here's a piece of their conversation. I'm curious, it was a little more than seven years ago now, in July 2015, when security researchers remotely hacked a Jeep. There's a big story that I think everyone in the auto tech industry will remember. Nothing has happened on that scale since. So my first question to you this morning is, is everything okay out there? Have these cyber threats diminished? <laughs> no, so so I think there are like there is it's like an uh, iceberg. Like you, what you see is only ten percent of what's really out there. So I think that overall we are seeing like a big increase on the number of cybersecurity incident in in the automotive space. Uh, we also have this annual report that we are. Uh, uh, sharing with the with the industry uh, uh, every end of the year, and it, it's very clear that there is an uh, increase on, of the number of cybersecurity incident uh, every year. So I think that this uh, this event with the Cherokee that was like yeah seven years ago that's a long time ago. I think that the impact was very big because it was the first time that uh, it was demonstrated how you can actually take control on the vehicle while it's running on the road. And the impact was actually very big, not only the, the brand damage, because everyone still remember this, but also there was a big recall uh, that was associated with this security researcher walk. Uh, but if you look at the, or you browse on Google on cybersecurity incidents, you can actually find things like on a weekly basis. 
not only for you know legacy vehicles but also the new evs so you can hear about tesla hacks and other companies cybersecurity hacks uh, pretty often and and when we look at cybersecurity it's not on, only hacking the vehicles there are actually a lot of activities around the vehicle ecosystem so if it's like the ev charging station hacks uh, the manufacturing, the plants. So I think the automotive industry as, a, as an industry is being targeted by cyber criminal. I was going to ask you about that. Is it not just the vehicle itself anymore, but it's the the charging equipment, the factories, the customer data that's coming from the financial credit unions, et cetera. Is that, that the ecosystem you're, you're mentioning? Absolutely. I think like only in the last uh, couple of months, you could have seen few cybersecurity incidents that happened on the EV charging equipment. So in Russia, I think between St. Petersburg and Moscow, all the charging stations were hacked by Ukraine just at the beginning of the war. So they were remotely disabled and they were like cursing about Putin in the in the charging station. And uh, so... This shows you the, the impact of a cybersecurity uh, attack on critical infrastructure. You can look at EV charging infrastructure as a critical infrastructure of, of a country uh, that is remotely disabled. And there was another one the, uh, in Europe that happened also in the last month. So I think that the ecosystem is being targeted by cyber criminal. Cyber criminal are like a PNL organization. They are looking at they are looking at the money trail. They are following the money, and they are seeing a lot of money invested in the EV charging station infrastructure. They are seeing a lot of money invested now in new vehicle platform and in digital factories and manufacturing, and and this is where they are targeting. That's incredible to think about because, as you well know, the federal government here in the United States is in the process of building five hundred thousand new chargers to prepare for this big influx of electric vehicles. So has the prime attack surface moved from say telematics to, to charging equipment right now? No, I, I, think, I think it's in the entire ecosystem. I think that uh, telematics, connected vehicles, this is like a very, I would say easy attack vector to vehicles because when you're targeting to hack a vehicle and you're doing it remotely and you're using the telematics, this allows you to actually hack multiple vehicles, not only a single vehicle, but actually trying to hack the entire fleet. So the impact is massive. It's not like you target a specific enterprise and you hack it. It's like hacking the, the fleet. On, on the EV charging, because this is new and it's something that is being built right now, it's getting a lot of attention, I think, for media to cover cybersecurity on this area. But... Also, a lot of money invested in this space. So the impact here is not only hacking the charging station, because let's say that you compromise the charging station and now it's running your own software and you're a cyber criminal. Now, the vehicle is connected to the charging station and they have a communication between the vehicle and the charging station over a power line communication, PLC. So you have a compromised charging station running your code and it's now talking to your car. Every car that's going to be charged there, let's say that there is a vulnerability there, that the car will, will could be hacked and compromised. On the other hand, you also have the grid. So the grid is connected to the charging station. And think about exposure from the grid 
to to a compromised charging station. So this is an area that the government, the regulator, vendors that are deploying the operators, the companies that build the equipment and the management protocols to the charging station need to take cybersecurity very seriously because the impact is not only the charging station itself, it's actually the vehicles and the grid as well. It feels like between the three of those things, the grid, the charging station, the vehicles, uh, has Pandora's box opened here? Is this is this too unwieldy to actually manage? Yeah, it's 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 a very complex uh, asset to to secure because when you look a bit, you know, when you look at it like thirty thousand feet, you're saying, okay, we need to secure the EV charging station. But when you go a little bit uh, into the the way it's actually built, there is a supply chain here. There are companies that build the hardware, the software, there are cheap vendors, there are different operators, and there are different layers of security that is that are required to actually secure this ecosystem. So, for example, in upstream, when we're looking at security and or automotive security, we don't look only at the vehicle itself. We're looking at the vehicle ecosystem. So we're looking at the connected vehicle itself which is, we believe, the most important because it's also involves safety. We're looking at the over-the-air updates, like the firmware updates. We're looking at the mobile app, the mobile app that is connected to your vehicles and you can track your vehicle, you can unlock your door or start your engine from the, from the mobile app. We look at the EV charging station. We look at vehicle-to-vehicle or vehicle-to-infrastructure communication. And, and the vehicle sometimes is connected to your smart home or to your garage. So when you look at the ecosystem, the ecosystem of connected vehicles is pretty big. And it's a very big and complex problem to to actually secure. Yoav Levy is the co-founder and CEO of Upstream Security. He spoke with our own Pete Bigelow on the latest edition of Shift, a podcast about mobility. You can hear their full conversation on Shift wherever you get your podcasts. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer for his help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on cyber threats, EV tax credits, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. 